Now, you ready to get in the Word? Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And I've been talking, um, well, last week we had Mother's Day and I talked about heritage of faith. And, and, but before that, uh, we were, I was talking about in the name. In the name. And I, I might be finished with in the name series uh, this week. We, I don't know. I, I'll, we'll find out next week if, if I'm done with it or not. But, but we're going to continue talking about in the name. In the name. Honoring the name. Power in the name. Strength in the name. Hallelujah. In the name. We talk about the name. We're talking about someone's character. We're talking about someone's qualities. So let's read this in, in uh, J- James chapter 5, verse 13. It says, If any among you is afflicted, he should pray. Is anyone glad at heart? He should sing praises to God. Is any among you sick? He should call in the church elders, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. And the prayer of faith will save him who is sick, and the Lord will restore him. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Father, I thank you for the word today, and we thank you for the, the, the faith that it brings. And I thank you, Father, that today we are receptors. We have ears open. We have our eyes can see and our hearts are open to understand. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So is any among you sick? He should call the elders of the church and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. Now, before I unpack this scripture and before we we dive into this scripture. I want to. I want to. I want to build on something. I, I want us to see something because there's some things that we need to see in in the word before we even talk about this scripture. Now, there's not a whole lot of places where in the New Testament where it talks about anointing with oil and la- the laying on of hands. But I want us to. I want to. I want to build our faith. I want to build our faith to the point where when we read this scripture, it has a lot more understanding. Are you, are you with me? All right, let's go to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And if you've been here any time, the last several times I've ministered on In the Name, we've gone to this here, and we've looked at the story of Peter and John at the Gate Beautiful and healing that man that had been, been uh, crippled since his birth, okay? So, so hear what Peter says to him in verse 6. It says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Let's go to verse 16. It says, And his name, through faith in his name, made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, what is it? In his name, through faith in his name. So, so just as we talk about anointing with oil in the Lord's name, I, I want us to take that out of the concept of a ritual that we would do during the church, a ritual that we would do in church or a ritual you would do when you pray someone, well, let me get the oil out. Let me put some on my hand or dump it on my hand or pour it all over them. 
we got to take this out of the concept of a religious ritual. And we have to bring it into a position and a place of faith. Okay? So here it says, in the Lord, it says, in the name through faith in his name have made this man strong. You know, we talked about faith and we talked about how what faith is the currency of the kingdom. Faith is the medium of exchange. So, so if I want what the kingdom has to offer, then I, uh, how I receive it is going to be by faith, right? By grace are you saved through faith. Grace is available and salvation is available, but how do I receive it? The medium of exchange is faith. So the currency is faith. So here it says, and faith in the name. So there was an exchange. As I have faith in the name, this man was made strong. It was faith in the name. So it's not just taking some oil and putting on his hand and saying, okay, in the Lord's name. But it's, it's, it's having faith. What are you doing? What's taking place? What's happening? Now let's look at uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 10. It says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, so here, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. So it was in the name of Jesus Christ. And he tells them who he was, who you, who, who you killed, who was raised from the dead. It was by him that this man was made whole. Verse 11, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Now, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So it's talking about the name of Jesus. He said, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, let's go back to Acts chapter 3. I just want you to see this, okay? Acts chapter 3, verse 6 again. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter, such as I have. Such as I have in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he's saying, you know, I don't have what you might need in the natural, but I have this. You know what this is? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I have this. I have this. What was this? For, for Peter, what did he have? Because that's what he was giving. What, what did he have? He had revelation. And, and I think the biggest thing that we need in any time and place in our life is revelation. If any man lacks wisdom, what? Let him ask of God. And God will give to him liberally and upbraideth not. Wisdom is the principal thing. So no matter where you are in life and what you're facing in life, you, we always need wisdom. And wisdom is what? Something that has been revealed by God. Revelation. Now, when Peter said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that's not the first time that that ever came out of Peter's mouth. 
I want to unpack Peter's life a little bit more this morning because I I want you to get to know Peter on another level. Because because a lot of times we try to do things that we see in Scripture without the revelation that that person had to do it. It was like we, we, you know, people have seen things like with Dr. Savell and, and how when the Lord told him to go in the ministry... How he, he closed down his business and, and he studied the word for nine months, eight hours a day. And all of a sudden people say, well, I want to do that. And all of a sudden they'll quit their job. And, and they're like, how come God, you're not doing that? But people don't hear the other things. Like he actually still worked. He actually, he actually worked under a tree in his front yard. He, he did worked at a grain store in the middle of the night. And, and so people don't look at that thing. Well, I'm just going to believe God. But, but the thing is, you did, did you hear what Dr. Savell heard? And it's the same thing in scripture. We see someone doing something in scripture without the revelation. Just like that man, just like the, 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 the guy that comes to uh, the, the seven sons of Sceva and says, and says, I cast you out in the name in whom Paul preaches. Meaning, I cast you out in the name of Jesus, but what, he didn't have Paul's revelation. So we, uh, we, this is about revelation. So when Peter said, in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That wasn't the first time that that came out. He wasn't saying, well, let me do this because I saw someone else do it. But this was personal revelation. And what we need to do in the body of Christ and what we need to do as the church and what we need to do as individuals is press into personal revelation. We need to press into personal revelation. Not someone else's revelation, but revelation that is now yours. Yes, it came out of Peter's mouth, but now, now it's revelation to you. It's something real to you. So when Peter said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, that was not the first time he heard this. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13, you know, there's, there's just moments in life, you know, victories that you've had that just mark your life, right? You know, when, when, you know, you got it right. Remember when the first time you, you heard from God and you were obedient and you were like, wow, there's nothing more fulfilling than that, right? It's like, man, I got it right that time. I, I heard, I obeyed, I did. And bam, there was victory, right? You know, we, we remember those moments and we remember those times. Well, well, Peter, uh, you know, he had, he had those moments that marked his life for good. And then he had moments that weren't so that great. You know, like the get behind me Satan moment, <laughs> you know, that moment, but you know, other times like, you know, well, Jesus, we'll, now we'll, we'll, we'll die with you. <laughs> And he was off running. <laughs> we, we have those moments, but, but the, I believe there was a moment in Peter's life. And one of those moments was the Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we see it coming out of Peter's mouth here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 says, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but who say you that I am? And Simon Peter, who was it? Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Now think about that. He said, Who do men say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what is the first thing Jesus said? Blessed are you. Empowered are you. Strengthened are you. Made strong are you. Equipped are you. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't reveal reveal this to you. See, there's a lot of times we look for so many things around us to be our answer. But yet the answer that Jesus was looking for wasn't going to come from flesh and bone. But he said, my father revealed that blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my father, which is in heaven and upon this rock and upon this rock, I will build my church. And thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, it didn't mean he was going to build the church on Peter. That's not that's not he didn't build the church on Peter. But it was on the revelation that Peter had the revelation. What? That Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. The word build here is a metaphor because it doesn't. It's like that name isn't necessarily going to construct the physical building. But actually, the word build here in the Greek, the better equivalent is founded upon the foundation of it. Meaning the foundation that the church will be built upon will be the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. So, so what heritage of faith needs to be built upon is Jesus is the Christ. The foundation of what every church in the last days needs to be built upon that Jesus is the Christ. So here, Peter had revelation. So when he stood there, he said, such as I have, I give unto you. What did he have? Revelation that Jesus is the Christ. Now, now Jesus is the Christ. Now we know this, that Christ was not Jesus's last name. It wasn't Mary and Joseph Christ. It probably was some other good Jewish name. It wasn't Joseph and Mary Christ. It was, it, we, we don't know what it was, but, but what, when he called him, G, who are you? You are the Christ. See, when, when Peter said you are the Christ, he was declaring and he was decreeing a office and he was decreeing an empowerment. You are Jesus, the Christ, the son of of the living God. So when he said Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he was saying it's in Jesus, the anointed one. See the word Christ is, it comes from a word creo, which means to smear on or rub all over. And there's a, another word that's so associated with creo, which is creomaya. And it means to furnish what is needed. Meaning when he, when Jesus was anointed, When the voice came out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, Jesus was now anointed. So what happened? Something was rubbed on him. Something was smeared on him to do what? To furnish what is needed. So when you say Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus, the one who is empowered, Jesus, the one that has come to furnish what is needed. Jesus, the anointed one in his anointing is what Brother Copeland would call it. Jesus, the anointed one in his anointing. It, it was it was now Jesus was now recognized in his office. He was now recognized with his God given authority. You are Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The anointed one. So so Peter had a revelation such as I have, I give to you. Rise, and, rise up and walk. What was he given? I give you the anointing. I give you the empowerment. I give you the one that can furnish what is needed. The anointing. The anointing. The anointing. You see, what Peter had was the anointing. He was now empowered. Why? Because he had been given this name. He had been given this name. Go in my name and you will cast out devils. Go in my name and you will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Go in my name and they shall speak with new tongues. You see, this was now an empowerment, something that was personal. This was personal with Peter, the anointing. Now, what is the nature of the anointing. Let's look at let's look at Isaiah chapter ten. The nature of the anointing. Thank you, Father. Isaiah chapter ten. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the word. So, what does the anointing do? Because remember, in James, it's anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. Hallelujah. Verse 27 of Isaiah 10. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So the nature of the anointing. So when he said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, he was declaring it's in the name of Jesus who is the anointed one. So what does the anointing do? The anointing takes away burdens. What does the anointing do? It destroys yokes. What are burdens and yokes? A yoke would be something that would be wrapped around oxen that would direct them maybe where they don't want to go. Direct them where the owner wants to take them. So when it says here, here, then think about this. And this is all prophesying about Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9, 10, and 11 is all talking about the coming of Jesus. So it talks about this anointing that it will take away burdens and it will destroy yokes. So this anointing that's found in Jesus, this anointing that needs to be found in the church, 
This anointing that the church should be found, was founded upon is all to do what? To destroy burdens and remove yokes. To take away burdens and remove yokes. To destroy them. To take them away. The word destroy there means to ground to powder so it can't be put back together again. See, that's what humanity was in. That's the position of humanity. Humanity was being, being drug around, led by something else, led by their emotions, led by their fears, led by all Offenses, led by unforgiveness, led by, led by sorrow, led by so many things. But yet here it says that anointing that would come, it would take away burdens and it would destroy yokes. See, if a burden is taken off of you and a yoke is destroyed off of you, then you can no longer be controlled. So when Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, what we see saying that, hey, because of Jesus and because of the anointing, you will no longer be controlled by this infirmity. You will no longer be controlled because today this anointing destroys this on your life and in your life. The anointing. Peter had revelation of the anointing, not just being able to say a name. Let's look at another example of Peter's revelation. Let's look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Peter had personal revelation. Personal revelation. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Acts chapter 10. Just for the sake of time, let's look at 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. Who opened his mouth? Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth... I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that fears him and and works righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. So who, so Peter is speaking this, Peter is saying, he is saying, Hey, I've got a revelation here because this is right after the Gentiles were now awakened to the reality that they now have access to this covenant. And Peter opened his mouth and I said, I believe I have revelation that God is no respecter of persons. And he goes back and he talks about that, that verse 37, the word you know, which was published throughout all Judea. Now remember that phrase, the word that was published throughout all Judea. Just remember that phrase. And begin from Galilee. So this word that was preached and it began in Galilee. Just hold on to that thought, okay? Preaching peace by Jesus Christ that he's Lord of all. Do you need peace this morning? I need peace this morning. Man, Richard and me, that's it. Well, you, you be frustrated. You, 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 you deal with your confusion, but you know, I want peace. How about you? See, this peace, this, this message. So, so just stay to that thought. Now look at this. Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost 
and with power. Now, how come he didn't use Jesus Christ of Nazareth here? Because that would be like saying, the plumber, Justin the plumber. Really? That's what it'd be saying. Because why? It says, how God anointed Jesus. How God anointed Jesus anointed of Nazareth. So he didn't have to put Christ here. Why? Because he was already talking about the empowerment and the description. How God anointed Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth with what the Holy Ghost and power. So this anointing that we find on Jesus came from God who went about doing good and what healing, healing all healing all, delivering all, saving all, strengthening all that were what? Oppressed by the devil. Being oppressed by the devil means there is a burden and a yoke on you. So it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And this morning, I just had this big in my heart, especially after worship. When we think of healing, we so often think of, of, of physical symptoms. But there, there's healing. God wants us, the Holy Ghost wants us, free spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. I believe it's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, I pray your whole, your whole, complete, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so even that prayer there that Paul's praying, that I pray when Jesus comes, you're going to be 100% spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Spirit, soul, and body. And so here, this anointing. This anointing. Go to Luke chapter 4. Someone needs to stop that clock. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. 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 If you're broken in any area of your life this morning, spirit, soul, and body, emotionally tormented, Whatever it is, I'm t- I want you to know that there's, there's, there's freedom in Christ. He's Lord of all. Now, remember I said, remember the message that began in Galilee. Remember that phrase? It began in Galilee. Well, what was that message? It was Luke 4.18. That was, that was what Peter was referring to, was Luke 4.18, because he tells us what the message, where, where the message came, was first preached, in Galilee. And it says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus is saying this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. See, God wants you whole in every area of your life. Heal the brokenhearted, restore the brokenhearted, take away the burdens of the brokenhearted, bring deliverance to the captives. He wants you free. He He wants no bondages on you. No bondages on your children. No bondages on you. To set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See, Peter was preaching from personal revelation. Person- See, Peter experienced this. 
there's something that intersect Peter's life that night that forever marked him and his family. See, when, when you read the word, you, you got to get into, get into, I love the word because you get into it. You can now, I can now know why Peter did what he did. I know why Peter said what he said, because he wasn't speaking from someone else saying it was personal revelation. And I want us to grow in a personal revelation of the anointed one and his anointing. See, Peter wasn't just, he, he wasn't just talking. It's something that he encountered in his life. If you look at this whole account in, in Luke chapter, Luke chapter four, you go in and, and it said they wanted to stone him. Then starting in verse 31, it talks about how he Jesus cast out devils and you get down to verse 36 and it says this, and he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever and they besought him for her. Man, this, this was family. This was personal. This was the same day. Peter remembers that in Acts 10, he's remembering that day when that message began and for peace for all. He's remembering what happened to him. Man, and it came to his house that day. Man. Jesus shows up at Peter's house. Peter's, Peter's married, has a wife. It's his mother-in-law. And think about that. And, and it says in verse 39, and he stood over her. He rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Jesus, Peter saw the anointing working firsthand. It goes on and says in verse 40 and 40. Now, when the sun was setting, this is all the same day when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him and he laid his hands on every one of them and he healed them. And devils also came out of many crying out, saying, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he rebuked them, suffering them not to speak for they knew what they knew. They knew even the demons knew the demons knew the demons knew. The demons knew that he was, didn't say Jesus. It says the demons knew that he was the Christ. Meaning he's the anointed one. He's the one that's come to take away burdens. He's the one that's come to destroy yokes. He's the one. Now let's go to James chapter five. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Thank you. Yes, Father. Let me read this in the Passion. Because it really gets the Greek word in here really well. Thank you, Father. Verse 13. Are there any believers in your fellowship suffering great hardships and distress? Encourage them to pray. Are there happy, cheerful ones among you? Encourage them to sing out their praises. Are there any sick among you? Then ask the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. In the prayer of faith, we heal the sick 
and the Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will raise, the Lord will raise them up. The Lord will raise them up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, this word sick, is any sick among you? Now, this word, let me read this to you. This is not the Greek usually used for sickness or disease. The word komno can also mean those who are weary or worn down. And in the context could possibly refer to believers who have been arguing with each other, leaving them spiritually weak. Life can leave you spiritually weak. Circumstances can leave you spiritually weak. He says, if any is sick among you. And I believe it's referring to spirit, soul, and body. That he should call the elders of the church. Hallelujah. You know, we talk about elders right now because a lot of people have different ideas of what, what elders are. But here, he, he, he says, he said, call them and anointing them with oil in the Lord's name. In the Lord's name. Meaning, I, I, I'm not doing this as a ritual. I'm not doing this as a ritual, but I'm doing this as a point of contact. I'm doing this as a point of contact and releasing my faith that the anointing is still available. That the the anointing is still available for us today. In Mark chapter 6, thank you, Father. Mark chapter 6, verse 13 says this in verse 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Now that... And anointed them with oil and many that were sick and they healed them. The oil. The oil. There's nothing powerful necessarily about the oil that's in this. Just like there's no more power in the waters of baptism or, or the, the wafer in the juice that we drink. It's, it's the faith that we release and what it represents, the anointing. You see, oil in the Old Testament, as it was talked about in the Old Testament, the oil, the oil that is referred to in the Old Testament, it was, kings were anointed to what? To set them apart and empower them for an office. The anointing in the Old Testament represented healing in bodies. It also represented refreshing in bodies. In the early times, the oil would be used to refresh and refresh athletes. It would protect athletes. It, would, it, it, was, it was to prepare people for their journey. It was, oil was used in so many aspects of life. The oil. But once you see about the oil today, that when we see oil in the Old Testament, it was always to change a situation in adversity. And I want to give you two examples. In Psalms 23, it says, The Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. You see, in the presence of my enemies, the Lord anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. See, no matter where you are in your life right now, you need the anointing to win. 
You need the anointing to live. You need the anointing to father. You need the anointing to walk through whatever you're walking through. You need the anointing for the calling upon your life. You need the anointing to be the evangelist you're called to be. You need the anointing to lead your family. You need the anointing to lead in your school. You need the anointing. And it says, in the presence of my enemies. Can you put up Psalm, uh, Isaiah 61, verse 3? Read, thank you. Psalm 61, verse 3. I'm sorry, Isaiah 61, I'm sorry. Now get this, this is already after Jesus, Jesus declared in Luke 4. He declared in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. But this, this is what it says in verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them that mourn in Zion. See, there's a lot of things that can cause you to mourn this morning. Lack of finances. Loss of a loved one. Someone offending you. Being hurt by others. There's a lot that can cause you to mourn. I've been there. This is to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them the beauty for ashes. And what? The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Thank you, Father. So what would be for those that mourn? The oil of joy. So anytime we see oil within scripture, it is always to bring refreshing to your life, healing to your life, empowerment to your life. So when we talk about any sick among you, distressed, burdened, overwhelmed in any way, ask the elders of the church to pray for you, laying hands on you, anointing you with oil. And it says what? The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick. I love it. It says, and the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will lift, the Lord will lift them up. It's not you and I lifting, lifting that when we pray for them, we're releasing our faith in the word. We're releasing our faith in what the anointing is. We're releasing our faith in that the anointing is there to destroy. We're releasing our faith that the anointing is going to deliver them from whatever they're oppressed of. Everyone stand to your feet. Worship team, you come back up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If I could have our Thrive Group leaders come forward. Thank you, Father. Thrive Group leaders come forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just want to make sure we have enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're so faithful. I believe the anointing is here today. The anointing is here today. The oil of joy for mourning is here today. Rick, can you come up as well? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Freddie, Eric, can you come up here as well? Freddie, so go down this side. Our Thrive Group leaders, they oversee, they help us pastor the people within this church. Hallelujah, and just, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Anointing you with oil today. Doesn't matter what you came in here with. 
doesn't matter what battle you might be fighting today. I do know this, that the anointing is powerful enough, strong enough to not only begin a good work in you, but to complete a work in you. Thank you, Father. You know, sometimes, the, you know, we talk about grace. What is grace? Grace is God's ability on our lives to help us do what we can't do in our own selves. So you know what we could call the great, we could call grace the anointing. The anointing. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we thank you for your goodness. Amber and Dana, can you come forward, please? Annette, can you come with me? Get some oil, please. Hallelujah. Somebody that's been part of our church family. This morning is dancing in heaven today. Thank you, Father. So those that are sick, like I said, that word sick can just as much mean a physical thing as it means a weary and wore out. You know this, we've talked about this week as in the word when we, someone that our heart is so close to that enters into heaven, it's hard in our mind and in our soul. The word says we don't mourn like that. those that have no hope. It doesn't mean we don't mourn. It just says that we have a hope beyond the grave. And so as a church family, Amber and Dan, we want you to know that we're here surrounding you. Mike was such a good friend to me. He was a blessing to Annette and I in so many ways. In the natural, we're going to miss him. But I'm so grateful that we'll see him again. So I'm going to pray for them. And if you're wore down and weary in any way, I want you to come. Allow these Thrive Leaders as an extension of Annette and I. Come, come down and allow them anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. I believe something's going to happen on the inside of you, in your, in, your, in your soul, the working of your soul, because that anointing is going to be present and that the anointing is going to bring about a strength and a deliverance today, right now. So if that's you, while our worship team leads us, come to the altar, expecting that the anointing of God is going to meet you up here and every bondage is going to be, every bondage is going to be broken. Every burden is going to be taken away. And every yoke is going to be destroyed. In Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. And I thank you, Father, for working and continuing to work mightily. You know, when I've gone through situations or circumstances and faced things, and maybe it's physical... 
and yet I haven't seen any change yet? This is what the Lord always has me say. The anointing is working and it's working in me mightily. You'll hear me. I'll drive by myself and in the symptoms or the whatever it might be. And I'll yell at the enemy. I was like, the anointing is working and it's working in me mightily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for what has taken place today. And we thank you for it. In your mighty name. Jesus. Amen. Man, do you see that today? Amen. God is so good. God is so good.